0: Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Just to introduce myself, I'm Amanda Torres. I'm the children's um, minister here at Living Water, and we're going to be talking today a little bit about raising godly kids. Now, Don't check out if you, maybe all your kids are grown or maybe you're, you know, you don't have kids yet because we're going to be talking about a lot of biblical truths today that are applicable whether or not you're raising kids or not. So turn to your neighbor and say, don't tune out. I didn't hear you guys say, don't tune out. Now, how many of you guys know that raising kids is not a walk in the park? I hear somebody say, preach, preach, sister. I'm going to preach. Listen. Raising kids is not always easy. Before I had kids and my husband, I mean, I probably had like an ideal image of what raising kids would look like, something like this image. (laughs) You know, sunshine, roses. Now, I have a a weird question. Have any of you ever been to like a theme park or like maybe the mall even, where you saw um, a person with their kid with like a little backpack that had like a leash on it? Anybody? Okay, so (laughs) pre-children, Um, I used to look at people with their kids on leashes and be like, I'm never going to put my kid on a leash. My kids are going to obey me. They're going to stand right by my side. They're not going to wander off in public. And when we had Chris, my ideas still really didn't change because Chris is like my compliant child. But then we had Lucas. (laughs) And then I understood why people put their kids on leashes. Okay. Um, So, funny story, back in the day when my dad first started preaching, we were much, much younger, um, you know, my dad used to um, preach about us in his messages, and we would get so, so angry, and finally we cut a deal. We said, okay, every time you use us in a sermon, um, you got to pay me $5. So, he was okay with it, you know, he used us all the time, he got broke over time, but he did use us, and um, I just want you to know, Dad, I understand now why you did it. And um, Lucas, if you ever see this message, you got five bucks coming your way. Okay. Now, if you if you felt like me with that ideal image of of what raising kids would might might maybe look like, I feel like maybe raising kids look more like this image. Anybody agree with that? Am I the only one? I mean. I'll tell you what. When I was 18, I told everybody that I knew. You can ask Pastor Sean, Miss um, Shelley back there, that I did not want to have kids at all. I didn't want to have anything to do with children. Maybe because I was afraid that they might turn out like me. I don't know. But I think God had a funny sense of humor because almost every single thing I do now has to do with kids. It's crazy. I'm a mom. I'm a foster mom. I am the children's minister here at Living Water, and I'm a middle school teacher. It's the best age, right? <laughs> but you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. Today we're going to be really talking about what the Bible has to say about raising godly kids. Our main proverb for today is Proverbs twenty-two six, which says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. According to data collected by Promise Keepers and the Baptist Press, a survey found that if a child is the first person in the household to become a Christian, there's a 3.5% probability that everyone in the house will follow. If the mother, moms listen, the mother is the first to become a Christian, there is a 17% probability that everyone else in the house will follow. All right, dads, here it is. When the father is the first to become a Christian, There's a 93% probability that everyone in the house will follow. Did you guys hear that? 93% parents have the biggest influence on a child's faith. Whether that's positive or negative, by your words, your actions, you guys heavily weigh on the trajectory of your child's spiritual life. Now, I want to share something with you. Parenting is in no way a passive activity. It's in no way, it can't be a passive activity. Is there a way that you can give birth to a child and let them just raise themselves physically and spiritually? No, it's impossible. You have to be intentional, and that's our first fill-in. If you are taking notes, you can um, take notes on that. It's number one, be intentional. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So what does train up actually mean? Well, I looked up some synonyms, and... Train up means to care for, to educate, to study, to rehearse, to wise up, to develop, to equip, to teach, to drill, to make ready, to discipline, to instruct, to coach, to cultivate. Cultivate what? Cultivate your relationship with them, cultivate their relationship with God. And lastly, I didn't add this to the graphic, but the synonym that came last was to whip into shape, but I didn't add it because I felt a few of you might take that a little bit too literally. Do you think that the Bible wants us to have our kids raise themselves spiritually? Some people allow their kids to be completely educated through the school systems, through their neighbors, through their friends. They're going to figure it out on the streets. If you want to raise godly kids, there are a lot of things that should not be taught to them through other people. I'm going to say that again. There are a lot of things that should not be taught to our kids Through other people. I'm just going to give you a few. The world teaches that right and wrong is based on how we feel. Proverbs 14 12 says, There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end, its way is death. The world teaches that. There are many ways to get to heaven. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. The world teaches that you can curse out your parents in one breath and then the next ask them for a PlayStation video game. And Exodus 20, 12 says, Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land God has given you. The world teaches that you have to be pretty enough, handsome enough, strong enough, smart enough. And 1 Samuel sixteen seven says, The Lord does not look at what people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at your heart. The world teaches that human life isn't valuable unless it's wanted, or unless, it, or and it also teaches that your kids can choose their own gender. And Psalms one thirty nine thirteen says, "For you were you were created in my, uh, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb." Genesis one twenty seven says, Go, "So God created humans in His image. In the image of God He created them, male and female. He created them." The world teaches it's me first. I'm out for number one. Matthew 6.33 says seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. The world teaches no justice, no peace. Matthew 5.9 says blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. The world says that we all, that we all sin and it's okay as long as it feels good. And Matthew 5.30 says if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose a part of your body than for your whole body to go to hell. The number one most important thing you can teach your kids is that Jesus loves them. And I'm going to tell you right now, the world does not teach that. The world does not teach that. Everything about being a believer in Christ is countercultural, it goes completely against the grain of society. There is no way that we can raise godly kids without being intentional. That brings us to point number two, which is be directional. Be directional. There is a very clear direction that we should be nudging our kids towards, and the Bible describes this as the narrow path. Matthew seven thirteen through 14 said, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Listen, there's this crazy thing going on in the world today where people are allowing their kids to just make decisions for themselves, okay? And life-changing decisions at that. I'm not just talking about little decisions like what to eat, okay? Harvard's Child Development Department actually did a study, and they stated that a child's brain isn't fully developed until they're 25 years old. 25! Up until that age, the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that develops, that helps curb impulsive behavior is not fully developed. Wow. So I'm gonna lay this out for you, okay? Your six-year-old is not going to be making the best decisions for their life at that age. Your 10-year-old is not going to be making the best decisions for their life at that age. And your 16-year-old is not going to be making the best decisions for their life at that age. Can I get an amen? Listen, I don't know about you, but if my parents allowed me to do whatever I wanted when I was 6, 10, 16, I can pretty much guarantee you I would not be standing in front of you today. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Listen, kids need direction, even if it's not what they want to hear in that moment. And even if it's not what we feel like doing as a parent in the moment. So this week, um, the day after Thanksgiving, we, had a, um, we were having leftovers. Me and my husband and all the kids were playing. And we have two foster kids right now. And the baby, the two-year-old, we, you know, we've really been working on, okay, behavior, right? You know, telling them what's right, what's wrong, what they can do. You know, kids push boundaries. And so my husband and I sat down to have a little bit of dessert, um, like leftover, like pie, cake, cookies, all that good stuff. And we sat down, we put our feet up sitting on the couch, kids are all playing, and we both are chowing down on our dessert, and all of a sudden, the baby, he does something that we've been telling him not to do. And we both look at each other, and we're like, darn, I got to go handle that now. Did we want to get up in the middle of enjoying our dessert and, and, and our tea and our coffee and, and get up and correct our kids? No! No, we did not want to. I'm telling you, I did not want to. So thankfully, Eric did it. He got up, <laughs> and, he, and he corrected the issue. But sometimes it's not what we want to do, right? Proverbs 13:24 says it like this. Whoever spares the rod hates their children. The one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. So I went ahead and I looked up what a rod was, because I'm like, what do you mean spare the rod, right? Like, so I, in my mind, I imagine like a whipping stick or something, but that's not it, that's not it. So I looked up what a rod was. The, the shepherds had two tools, a, she- uh, a, a staff and a rod, and it was like a little object. And they used it to guide, to correct and to guide their flock, okay? So it was a corrective tool and a guiding tool. And this verse is basically saying, don't spare correction and guidance for your children. Your kids need it. If you spare that, then you hate them. No parent in their right mind hates their kids, okay? We love our kids. So we want to give them guidance and correction. It's okay to give your kids boundaries. And I think in the long run, the kids will be grateful to it and grateful to us in the future that we nudge them along the the narrow path. If you want to raise godly kids, you need to be directional. So number one was be intentional. Number two is be directional. Number three is be a good example. Be a good example. Okay, do you guys want the bad news first or the good news first? I'm going to give you the good news first. The good news is your example is the primary means of training up your children. But here's the bad news. Your example is the primary means of training up your children. I mean, it's funny, but it's the truth. Whether you're a good example or a bad example, you are the most influential person on your child's life. So how how do you become a good example? Well, the Bible has verses about that. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk around on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol in your, on your hands. Bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your homes and on your gates. So, what is this verse saying? It's saying, love God in your daily life. Talk about your love for God with your kids. Talk about when you're walking around, when you're around town, when you're out and about, when you're at home, when you lay down, when you get up. It basically says, slap a post-it note on your forehead to remind yourself to love the Lord with all your heart. Now, when, when I was reading this verse, it hit me. I was like, ooh, that's good. I'm going I'm to say that on Sunday. I was reading this verse, and it reminded me, this verse says to write his commands and promises on your door frames. What does that even mean? Well, my, my parents, when we were growing up in our childhood home in Sunrise, I'm not sure if you, you remember this, bro, um, 25 years later, but we had a, a little frame with a, a verse on it that was in our bathroom. And uh, back then, we didn't have cell phones to take into the bathroom with you, right? So all you could do was read the verse while you're doing your thing. So I remember that verse, though. Some of you are going to say, what's the verse? What's the verse? It was ask, seek, knock. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you, Matthew 7 through 8. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. And I remember that 25 years later. Now I have my own home, and I got verses everywhere. If any of you have ever been to my home, I have verses all over the house, on the walls, everywhere. And I can only hope and pray that one day my kids, remember the scriptures that I have posted in my home. That being said though, it's not enough to just have verses posted in your home. Don't get me wrong, I think it's great. I'm thankful to my parents that they did it. But you also need to live out God's love as a walking example for your kids. You have to model God's love and you have to model loving others. How many of you guys have ever seen Hitch with Will Smith? I love Will Smith. Shout out, Will Smith. Anyway, um, OK. I want to show you guys a, a video. Um, generally, I have a firm no dancing policy. But if she asks, you cannot say no. Dancing is the one thing I'm not worried about. But if there are people there, and I'm I sorry, get worried, uh, stand, uh, and I I hate to be a stickler, but in, uh, I need to be thorough. Um, show me what you mean by you're not worried about it. Trust me. Peace up. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about right there. See how it gets bigger? Now I'm going to start the fire. But the feet are going. I start the fire. I make the pizza. Hips are always going Can't get enough From there. The Q-tip. 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 Throw it away. That's not working. Hit it with this. <clears> throat> 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 Don't ever do that again. Do you hear me? Just expressing myself. New. No. no. Mm-mm. Not like that, you're not. Alright? This is where you live. Right here. You live right here, okay? This is home. None of this. I don't want to see none of that. We don't need no pizza. They got food there. Elbows, six inches from the waist, 90 degree angles. Don't, don't you bite your lips, stop it. Okay. Women relate dancing. Alright? Even a great dancer can lose it with one of these. Okay, see now that's what I need to be learning. Can't stop it. You cannot stop it. Next subject get out. <laughs> all right. So I feel like God spoke to me through this. And I'm going to tell you what he said to me. So you heard Hitch set the rules for Albert, right? He set the expectations. He said, this is what you need to do. Don't do all that. Don't bite your lip. Don't. No, don't. We don't need any pizza. We got food at the party, right? This is what you need to do. He set up the expectations. And some of you guys have kids, maybe a little bit like Albert. And those kids, even though you tell them everything, you give them all the guidelines, you lay out the expectations, you have what I like to call the line crosser. Okay? The line crosser. And to be honest, maybe I would even say that most of us have been line crossers at some point in our lives. Am I right? Am I right? Don't raise your hand. Okay? He's cracking up over here. Where you were told to do something, and like Albert in the video, you did what you wanted to an extent anyway, right? Well, my dad has this analogy whenever he's talking to families and parents about boundaries and things like that, and it kind of looks something like this. He says, Listen, let's just say this spot right here, this line, is the behavior that you are that you don't want your child to do, right? So there's like an invisible line here. Whatever that is, it changes based on age, based on your child, okay? So, but this is the behavior that you don't want them to do, okay? And my dad always says, Pastor Rick, he says, you draw the line right here, what are they gonna do? They're gonna walk up to the line. They're gonna touch the line. They're gonna peek on the other side of the line. They might stick their little toe, <laughs> They're going to butt right up against the line. So he always says, don't draw the line here where, you, where the behavior on the other side is, is the worst possible situation, right? Draw the line back here, OK, where your kid is. And say, OK, here's your new line. Here's your new boundary. Don't do X, Y, Z, or some people like to put it in positive terms. Here are your, here's what you can do right? And and you know that your kid, the line crosser, is going to bump up against the line. And you know they're going to cross the line. But when they cross the line, it's not going to be life and death because you drew the line way back here, right? You guys follow me? There's a line that you don't want your kids to cross. But the next thing is, so, he, so we give them, we tell them, we tell them what we want, but we also, we also model, right? Some kids are seers, some kids are hearers, listeners, and some kids, we need, they need to see what, what we mean, right? Now, this is Hitch. He said, this is, this is what you're going to do. This is you, right here. You're going to stay right here. None of this. No, no Carlton. No, no, <laughs> none no right? No. We're, we're right here. This is what we need. We're right here. He modeled it. Listen, we cannot walk around telling our kids to love each other and to say kind words and to be kind when we walk around screaming at our kids, smacking them upside the head, and, and, and cursing out our spouses. <laughs> we can't do it. We have to model what we want our kids to do. So in order to raise godly kids, we need to be a good example. So we have be intentional, be directional, be a good example. And we have don't major on the minors. Don't major on the minors. Did your kids forget to put their shoes by the front door? Welcome to my house. Did your kids leave their socks in the living room again? Welcome to my house. Did your kids leave pee on the toilet and fl- without flushing it? Or your husband? No, I'm just kidding. Um, OK, so what? These, <laughs> these are all minor issues. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't mention it. I'm saying don't harp on it. Don't go crazy about the little stuff. Ephesians 6.4 says it like this, parents, don't treat your children in such a way that makes them angry. Instead, raise them in Christian discipline and instruction. That means you gotta te- you got to teach them. Now, is your child staying up all night, causing them to sleep all day during school and fail all their classes? Okay. Your child wearing sensual clothing? You, you know, you, you have to pick your battles. You have to pick the battles that you believe are worth fighting and then trust that if your kids are following Jesus, then the Holy Spirit will correct those other minor things in them. Now, here's where I also advocate for making sure that you are in community. In community, what does in community mean? In community means that you're a part of a church you're a part of a youth ministry. Your kids are part of a children's ministry. You're in a life group. Why do I say that we need to be in community? Because how many of your kids li- always just listen to just you? Oh, okay. Hmm. How many of your kids know that you can say it to your blue in the face and your teenager will hear it first time from somebody else and then do it? <laughs> Got an amen from the back. Listen, you need to be in community. That way, when you're in life group and you have a friend who has the same age kids as you, you can tell them what is going on in your life, and you and they, because they believe like you, because they have the same values that you have, you can bounce it off of them, and they're going to give you biblical wisdom. Your kids, when they go to children's church and, and, and they have a teacher or even a youth minister that's speaking into their life, they're going to be telling them the same things that you want, biblical things. So you need to surround yourself with support that are speaking the same language, okay? Proverbs eleven fourteen says it like this. Without good direction, people lose their way. The more wise counsel you follow, the better your chances. I like my chances in community, okay? If we want to raise godly kids, we need to not major on the minors, okay? So we've got be intentional, be directional, be a good example, don't major on the minors. And number five is don't stop praying for and speaking life over your kids. Don't stop praying for and speaking life over your kids. This is kind of a two-in-one deal here. So I'm gonna break it down. We've got prayer and we've got speaking life. So prayer. Philippians 4:6 says, Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. First Kings 3, King Solomon, yes, the one who wrote the Proverbs, prayed for wisdom. He asked for a discerning spirit to help lead the people that God had entrusted to his care. And when he prayed this, God was so pleased that he didn't just ask for riches or just ask for a long life. No, he asked for wisdom. So God gave him wisdom, riches, and a long life. Now listen, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God... And he doesn't play favorites. So if God can do it for King Solomon, God can do it for me. God can do it for you. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Proverbs, second we have speaking life over your kids. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. The message version says it like this. This this hit me. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. You choose. And you know that saying that says sticks and stones will break your bones but words can never hurt me? Wrong. Wrong. Pastor Rick says this all the time. He says, sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can crush your spirit, especially those words spoken to us by our parents. I, what came to mind when I was thinking about speaking life and, and declaring and praying over our kids is the song, The Blessing. I'm not sure if you guys have heard it. We've played it here a couple of times. And The Blessing is a song that is basically a declaration and a prayer. And I'm just gonna read the words to you guys because I just, I want to declare over you right now a blessing. So I'm gonna model for you, right? May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you, he is with you. In the morning, in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping, in your rejoicing, he is for you. Listen, we can speak blessings over our family and over our children. If your child is having meltdowns all the time, stop saying that they are a terror. Declare over them that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. If your child won't listen to you, stop saying that they must be deaf. Declare over them, you are a gift from God. If your child is failing school, stop saying that your child is dumb. Declare over them that with God, all things are possible. If your child has a health concern, tell them that God has a plan for their life. If your child is on drugs, tell them that with God, all things are possible. If your child is sleeping around, tell them, I love you and Jesus loves you most of all. If your child is depressed, tell them that you are a child of the one true king. If your child is cutting themselves, tell them you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Nothing is too big for God and he can and he will give you the wisdom to handle it. What our kids are up against in this world, church, is going to take more than just me. It's gonna take more than just the parent. It's going to take the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And we need to call on him. We need to pray and we need to speak life over our children. If we wanna raise godly kids, pray and speak life over them. And that brings me to my last point, which is don't give up. Don't give up. Parenting is a lifelong commitment. It does not end when your kids turn 18. Just ask my parents, who I call every day, for advice. Okay? It does not end. I feel like as a parent, there are a few go-to attacks of the enemy. Those attacks are like things like comparison, guilt, shame, shame. I'm gonna give you some examples. Well, Johnny's parents seem to have it all together and their kids always are perfectly matching. Their lunches are always home cooked and perfectly packed in bento boxes and their kids just sit so perfectly in church. I just can't seem to get it together. I just yelled at my kid on the way to church. I went off and now they hate me. Well, you get the idea, right? Anyone else been there? Or maybe, maybe there's some more serious things that have happened. Some more serious things that have gone wrong in your parenting journey. Well, I'm here to tell you today that don't give up. There is grace in Christ Jesus for when we make mistakes. Limitations 322 says, the steadfast love of God never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end and they are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. We just have to remember that when we mess up, we can't keep digging ourselves into that pit. We can't just get stubborn and and stay there. It's, It's okay to say that you're wrong. And parents, it's okay to say you're sorry to your children. This goes back to modeling good behavior. Saying sorry shows your kids that everyone messes up and this is how we fix it we repent we ask for forgiveness now god can use anyone to raise your kids but he chose to use you he chose you to be the parent of your child i heard it like this one day god god chose you knowing that you do something dumb he chose me know that I would, knowing that I would do something dumb, that I w- might not be the perfect parent. He still chose me to raise my children. Tell me, isn't that awesome? God knew I was going to screw up, and he still chose me. So stop beating yourself up over the would'ves and the could'ves and the should'ves. Because guess what? God is giving you another chance today to work on being better and to raise your kids in the way that he would want you to and that he is calling us to. He's calling us to be intentional. He's calling us to be directional. He's calling us to be a good example for our children. He's calling us not to major on the minors. He's calling us to, to, to not to stop praying and to speak life over our kids. And he's calling us not to give up. There's the great thing is, is that God will forgive us of our parenting mess ups. And and he also will forgive us of any mess up. He forgives the biggest, the worst, the craziest sin, the one that in your mind you're saying he will never forgive me for that. He forgives that. He forgives that. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What is that verse saying? It's saying, pray, seek God, turn from your ways, God hears you. Pray, seek God, turn from your ways, he hears you. And guess what? He forgives you and he restores you. He heals you. He heals your relationships with your kids. He heals what's going on in your life that's caused you to to get so far off track. I want you to know, if if that's you today, if you want forgiveness, if you need forgiveness and you recognize your need for a savior today, I wanna pray with you and I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to get to dive into your word these past few weeks and glean your wisdom. God, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior from here on out. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.